All right, welcome in, guys. We uh, have a special uh, Grizz Cat, Cat Grizz Week uh, edition of, um, I guess, the Big Sky Podcast Network. Um, I'm Mike Nugent from the Grizz Fan Pod, joined by Brent Wahlberg. We have uh, Cold Tank Nate, everybody's favorite uh, incorrect prognosticator from the Montana Mint. Um, we have uh, Montana Parlay, and we have the Ryans, uh, Thorny and Foley from the R&R Capcast. Hey, guys. Howdy. Howdy. Oh. Hey there, boys. <laughs> All right. This was uh, actually harder to find a time and get together to do than you would think it would be on this week. And we don't even have all of our people. We're missing Bear Tycoon and Luke. Um, really, you guys probably aren't missing them, but Britt and I feel outnumbered. Yeah, outnumbered here. Grizz fans are outnumbered. But it's okay. We like being the underdogs for once. And, you know, just like on Saturday, we'll we'll prevail in the end here. So we're good. We're good. All right. So uh, um, we just kind of want to have a little roundtable, talk about the game, talk about uh, – the rivalry, kind of what it means and all that. And we're going to get into kind of what we think of each other here in a minute. But I was thinking, actually, I'm going off script already. Might be fun to start with uh, um, maybe somebody from each team just talking about where where we think our team is right now. What, you know, coming into this game, where are the Cats, where are the Grizz? Brent, I'm going to put you on the spot for us. The four of you can raise hands or whatever, but we'll let you go second um, since, you know, you, the reigning winner should let the, the runner-up go first right now. Uh, yeah, those four can draw straws. So, yeah. um, so you know, I think a lot of people, like, that's what's fascinating about this game coming up. Uh, Montana's defense is uh, just lights out right now. They're playing as incredible as could be. Uh, they have – obviously admittedly put it together over a stretch of games against uh, lower tier teams in the conference, but uh, they have not allowed a touchdown. Uh, what was it, Mike, that Riley told us? It was like uh, so many consecutive quarters ten, and something ten quarters and 10 quarters and something like that. So the Grizzly defense has kind of found its stride again, where it kind of lost a little bit in October, uh, but that's not the problem with Montana. Our problem is, uh, is offense and, and, uh, productivity on offense, red zone production, especially getting in the end zone, and then um, injuries. Uh, we're on like our fifth or sixth string running back at this point. We're getting a few guys back healthy. We've had our starting quarterback out for a while. Uh, we've lost a couple of linemen here and there, and we've lost, I think, three or four wide receivers as well, too. I've uh, continued to win through it, um, but it's kind of one of these things where this was a year I think a lot of Grizz fans, a lot of Grizz coaches were hoping to see a Grizz offense, even without Dalton Sneed, who is a pretty dynamic playmaker, but an offense that had all the tools around senior Cam Humphrey, you know, continue what they were doing before or take that next step. But then with injuries and just general ineffectiveness and, and honestly, some poor offensive line play, that's uh, kind of gone the other way. And so, uh, you know, going into this game, I think a lot of Grizz fans, uh, we trust our defense. Uh, we just don't know what we're going to see out of this offense. Cause even in these better games they've played in this month of November, um, inconsistency still reigns supreme. So a lot of three and outs, a lot of stalled drives and just a lot of issues there. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's the Montana Grizzlies. That's what we know, what we see. And uh, it, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see where this goes with this team. Cause a typical uh, Bobby have team, he likes to have playing better football as you get further down in the season and halfway through the point of the season it really wasn't feeling like that. It's feeling a little bit more like that in November, but again, it's wins against Northern Colorado Northern Arizona. So this is going to be the big test this weekend because Bobcats are the real deal. And we're going to see if uh, Grizz can hang or if they're just, uh, you know, going to fall back apart like they have in some of their other tougher games. So my, that's the Grizz. My, my God, man, there was like a natural ending there. 
and then you blew right past. That's how you guys get to three hours. Yeah. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. You just keep talking and talking. All right. All right. Uh, cat, cat friends, who's uh, who's summarizing well, think, cat season for us? But I want to make one comment on Brent. It's easy to find your defensive stride when you go against Idaho, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, and NAU. It's like saying the cats found an amazing offensive stride when they played Drake, uh, Cal Poly, uh, San Diego. So, you know, they just got they just got to find their stride later in the season where the Cats, you know, got some confidence earlier in the season. So I just want to make that one comment that they have found their defensive stride. But let's let's put it in some context of who they were playing to. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> oh boy. I'll touch that later. Who's going? I'll let anybody else I'll, that was my that was my Grizz opinion. I'll let the Cats fans go and now uh, talk about the Cats. Uh well, parlay just volunteered. Here this we is, go. This is good. This is really good stuff. <laughs> you know, it's tough. We're winning games. That's all I can. I mean, that's that's it. We're winning games. I mean, I went to the Wyoming game. Uh, kind of what I saw there on offense has stayed true throughout the season. Outside of those non-scholarship wins, when you know anyone can look good offensively, but it's just, man, it, this team is great vegan has got some great game plans i don't know if a couple of our past coaches come out and win these eastern games the weber game heck even yeah. the idaho game even the idaho game say, it you, wasn't you sound you sound like a guy talking about a team that's like eh, not a team that's fighting for a top two seed in the playoffs. i know but i mean but that eastern win i mean both of our programs oh, they look so good win at eastern for yeah. a long time that's a big I think, deal i think it's just that you know, it's that whole last few years where, yeah, we we are the best team in the big sky. I'll say it. We are the best team. We're well-rounded. Offense looks sluggish. And I know it takes more to I'm, – I'm feeling like a Grizz fan now. Yeah, I want to win the Cat Grizz game, but I want more, you know. And I know it's going to take more to beat the, the top echelon of teams. we got to score. And – to make me comfortable on Saturday, we got to score. I know I'm going to be a nervous wreck all day. Uh, maybe 2019 can repeat itself, but the Grizz D is stronger. We've got some injuries on the offensive line. Uh, I would like to see us move the damn ball more, pass it better. Uh, you know, I, I think Fonse will be all right. I think we'll run the ball, but, you know, it's just, I wish we could pass the damn ball against good teams. That's, I, we have that. I feel a lot better going into this weekend and then into some of the tougher playoff games that are coming down the road. You're right. Parlay sometimes, he, he likes to call himself the Bobcat realist. A lot of times it's kind of the Bobcat pessimist. I was going to say, he, four, he goes a little bit Debbie Downer on us where yeah. I get called a homer and I get called too optimistic, but um, we, we got to get some energy need, back up in there, Parlay. We need Thorny or Foley to come in and maybe yeah, we give a something. little bit of positivity to this yeah, before we move sprinkle on. Sprinkle a bit of sugar yeah. on this, guys. Come on. You don't want to hear what I was about to say then. <laughs> my biggest fear is that like, this is just my, the scars of Rob Ash hunting me right now is that we're playing our worst football late in the year. And I just don't want to see us crash into the playoffs like we have under Rob Ash. That's my biggest fear. I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, that was, no. that was what I was going to chime in. <laughs> Foley, you got anything positive here? Help us so out. yeah, I don't think we're playing our worst football of the season. I just think we've been playing good teams lately. So um, I think the cap fans are the our biggest critics i look around and listen to the cat fans we're nine and one going into the cat grizz i mean come on now so uh i'm happy for the cats uh i wish we'd uh 
like uh, Parlay was saying, maybe be a little more, uh, you know, efficient in the pass game. We don't attack the middle of the field. That's something that Matt McKay is like known for. He's just going to pass up the sideline. I think with the Grizz defense, when you guys blitz so heavy that Sac State really showed that the middle of the field is kind of a soft spot. Montana State doesn't attack the, the middle of the field, so I'm really kind of interested on what we're going to do offensively uh, on Saturday. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big concern, but, you know, 9-1 going into the CAC game, I, I had us penciled in at 8-3 and and for this year. Thorny had 9-2. and two. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, hard to feel bad about yeah. where you guys are at. Yeah, I think, you know, we say they're, I mean, Thorny said uh, maybe not their best football, but I mean, look at what they did in the Idaho game. Yeah, it was 20 to 13. The offense didn't get going, but they only allowed one touchdown to Idaho. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it was a thir- they only scored 13. Boris came in. I don't think they were game planning for a guy that was just going to run around. He was pretty elusive. He was actually really fun to watch. Couldn't throw the ball. Um, his throwing he, mechanics he somehow something. Did. His, all his mechanics were horrible. He was wasn't elusive. Like a sidearm looking shot. He wasn't elusive against us guys at home. <laughs> Touche. I mean, yeah. I mean, if we're going to look at that, we're going to compare this. You know? uh, no, let's not. Let's stop right there. <laughs> no, but I think it's not worth it. But it's, it's, you know, we, they got Eastern 23, 20. That's a, a win that we haven't seen as captains forever. I mean, honest. I mean, obviously it was a decade since we last beat Eastern. We didn't get those wins with uh, Choate and we hadn't for a while with Ash. And so we get that win. Like, I think all of us wanted to see them come out and just absolutely demolish Idaho as we got ready for the brawl. So there was a little bit of disappointment that came with it. But I guess if you kind of reflect on it the Wednesday after and you kind of put it into context of what happened, the defense is still playing lights out. Thorny, uh, you know, tweeted something out today, uh, you know, Trey Anderson running down the fastest running back in the league um, <laughs> on, an, on an amazing play of the sideline. Like this defense is is amazing. Yeah. Um, Trey is playing amazing ball. Uh it's it's a fun team to watch. I it's I mean I think there's a nervousness of Cagris. So you kind of you don't want to get your hopes up because you'll just get absolutely crushed like Mike did last year. Um, oh. We were in Bozeman, and that was sad. I was actually sad for him a little bit. Um, oh, you were stop it. I was not. Stop. At all. <laughs> but I think uh, I think you're right. Your tweets suggest wanted, otherwise. <laughs> I think the biggest thing was we wanted to see that demolishing of the Vandals. It didn't happen, so it kind of it makes you think a little bit about were we too high? Were we? What are we doing here? But. You know, you look at it, they only allowed one touchdown um, and like anything can happen in Cat Grizz, but uh, I'm a little bit more optimistic, I think, than, than Parlay. Foley, any thoughts uh, from you on the Cat season before we uh, jump to the next thing? So I, I was going to talk about Parlay. Parlay talked about Wyoming. I thought our offensive looked pretty good in Wyoming, and then I thought we hit our stride through October. Uh, and September, excuse me, September. When we hit Weber State, I just have – uh, a little bit of concern on Matt McKay. I, I think we should talk about Matt McKay here, you know, sometime. Uh, is he going to be the guy that's uh, he's kind of a linchpin for us, right? Like, can he – Thorny asked this on um, one of our episodes recently. Can Matt McKay win a national championship? You know, just beyond Cat Grizz, it, it, he's kind of flaky in big games so far. I'm not sure. So, you know – our defense, I think I think collectively, right? We're all looking at our defense this is going holy cow. That's the thing holding it together. Um I mean, we have a Fonse. When you have Isaiah Fonse in the and you got something late yeah. in the season. So uh I'm hoping he's healthy. Uh, I don't think Elijah Elliott's gonna be as dynamic. I think he's got a, a bum ankle and you just don't come back from a bum ankle early on. So uh, I don't know. We're probably going to hand off the ball to Afonso 30 times in the Cat Grace. And, um, That's what I would do. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if it works, if, I had, the only... if we had the best running back in the conference, that's what we would do. <laughs> but uh, I think the greatest defense is number one against the run right now in the big yeah. sky. So it's like our strength versus your strength. Pretty sure the Grizz were number one last or 2019 too. Yeah. Thorny just, just can't take not take dips. Wow. You know, we're having a great conversation here. And Max <laughs> matter. Afonso had 21 carries in 2019. 21 carries, and they also had. Um, I mean, they were running the, they, were, his head. they were only running the ball. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I it was Tukerovic. He had seven completions. I mean, it was Afonso and Logan yeah. Jones. They were. Absolutely, you know, just murdering the Grizz in that run game. So you have to think it's going to be the same thing this year. McKay is a, we think maybe is a step up over Rovig. At, at times this season, I wish we would have just oh, seen Rovig back in there. Yes, thank you. Yes, I, I want. I called for Rovig early. I think it was the Weber game. I called for Rovig to be back in there, and now I'm just fully all in on Malat. So, um, but yeah, you're right. It's going to be 30 carries. It was 40 carries between Afonso and Jones in 2019. It's going to be the exact same thing. We just don't know who. There's a big drop off between Elliott and you get down to. Um, was it Perry? Or oh, wait a second. You mean to tell me that there's a big drop off between your first running back and your second running back and your third running back and your fourth running back and your. <laughs> fifth? There wasn't last year. There wasn't last year. Interesting. Interesting. Last year, there wasn't um, that drop off for the Cavs. This year, there might be. You know, any, any naive Cap fans out there who just, you know, don't pay attention to the Grizz at all, uh, top running back scored 20 plus touchdowns in 2019. Um, Torres ACL in the spring has been gone all year. That's night. Second running back, Osmo, has one carry for nine yards all year. He broke his ankle in camp, came back in one game and got hurt. Um, third string running back and fourth string running back both kept getting injured. The leading rusher on the team is actually a true freshman from Billings West who uh, was committed to the Cats but decommitted when uh, the coaching change happened, and thank God, because um, <laughs> I don't know what the kids would have done. He's supposed to be a wide receiver. So – I mean, I think that's one of the interesting things about the Grizz is just, I mean, our offense is brutal. And I think it's kind of funny because, like, if you took the conversation you just had about the Cats and the conversation Brent just put out about the Grizz and you remove the names, we have a lot of the same concerns about our teams. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not – they don't push the ball down the field like we'd like. Um, obviously, the one kind of glaring difference is Afonso is just a dependable beast. Um for the cats. Yeah. It's like we both turned into Weber State. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah. And I'd be a whole hell of a lot more nervous going into this game uh, with our offense if it weren't for the game I watched the Grizz play last week where they took the ball inside the 10 against NAU. NAU's defense is atrocious, and they came away with three points. Two drives inside the 10, they get three points. So that – that calms me down a bit. If any use off defense can hold the Grizz to, was it two offensive touchdowns? Um, yeah. One offensive touchdown. One offensive touchdown. <laughs> then I'm just hoping that, you know, a, a lame McKay out pass or slant doesn't get taken to the house more than once. That's, because I, the, that's my nightmare. Yeah, because the Grizz – the Grizz will be lucky to score an offensive drive where the offense actually has to drive the field against the Bobcat defense. So if you can't tell already, I, I like the under. Well, I mean, wasn't the line like 44 and a 44 half? 44 and a half, yeah. Crazy yeah. person's making that. <laughs> Bertha Kuhn on the, on the pod last night talked about, you know, will there be a defensive touchdown for the Grizz? And you have, I, I mean – I'm so scared of like McKay throwing some sort of out. His arm just he can't throw outs, and it's going to be a pick six. I can just 
feel it. I saw the couple of those throws against Idaho were just unbelievably bad. Uh, and that's like, I just pictured it in my head and it, it, it's going to give me nightmares on Friday night thinking about uh, a pick six uh, changing the, the aspect of the game. It, it, that does scare me for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, Parlay mentions the NAU game. And, I mean, it, it's this, it's season long. Like, the Grizz have moved the ball fairly well until they get in the red zone, and they just can't. And part of the problem has been when you're using a, you know, a true freshman converted wide receiver as your running back, you just don't have that power back. And even with them getting kind of our, you know, third string and fourth string guys back last week, it's just not the same. And, I mean, that's – I think that, you know, Grizz fans – have been frustrated with the offense. I've been, I've been one of them, but I do think that's kind of a, the reality of the season is, you know, you, you need a good running back to make a good offense work well, or you need somebody who can be dynamic. Especially how much of it do you blame on Bobby or is it just the offense's ability? Because I've watched uh, most of the Grizz games. They're inside the 10. They'll run it on first. They'll run it on second. They might even run it on third down. And it's like, you got Sammy out there. You've yeah. got, you got other offensive weapons, like do something else, spread it out. Even it is, if you're going to run it, spread it out and run it. It you is know? inexplicable. It's like, right? like it, it is inexplicable. Like, am I watching Skyview Falcons from 1996? <laughs> you know, it, like what the there's hell? No creativity. And it's so weird. Cause like, you know, when Steve was running the offense, like they, when he was hurt, they like came up with this whole new, like, fake pitch handoff thing i mean like, yeah. <laughs> the offensive staff used to be creative but it's like i mean know, i hope they there's do like it saturday thing. i don't know well i i do too but it's definitely been interesting That's well it's good it's good to see mike's check or venmo to parlay cleared bitching about the Grizz offense so i feel the same way about the cats i mean the last several years under jeff cho like we couldn't pass very well, but we figured it out. We were very dynamic in our run game. I feel like this year our passing maybe is better. That's debatable, but we're definitely less creative. We're less dynamic. We're just, yeah. it's either hand the ball off to an R or an RPO to Afonso, which McKay keeps like 20% of the time or less. And he makes a wrong read or he just bombs at the McCutcheon. Those are pretty much. Yeah. Uh, he's, the anti, he's the he's anti-Travis Johnson. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, Travis kept it 100% of the time. 100% of the time. He hands it off 100% of the time. I, was, I don't know. It was Gerald Kent out, for us. It yeah. worked out in, uh, in the Cat Grizz game in 2019. Yeah, I mean, um. it was more dynamic. We were, it's like the most dynamic looking single quarterback offense you'll ever see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at least it was creative in how they went about it. Like, Cassis, you know, that opening, t- opening touchdown last year was Cassis yeah. on that end. It was fun to yeah. watch. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. It, it's and it's been like, this offense and Bobby Houck used to love like double passes. And I mean, we barely even run. I mean, we used to run flowers and, and uh, Solcer and Solcer obviously got hurt, you know, on, on end arounds and it, the creativity is just it, not there. And I think part of that's just youth. Our O-line's been a little bit beat up and um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do think kind of reacting a little bit to kind of um, a couple shots that, that Nathan took, um, you know, I, I think that you go ahead and underestimate the Grizz defense all you want. I mean, I I, I won't necessarily disagree that the Cats probably have a better defense, but there, there's a lot of talent there. And I don't think that after, um, you know, whatever point we are in the season, you know, the stats are what they are. And it's like, you know, you combine everybody you've played and, and, and kind of put it out there. And I think we, you know, our teams are who they are on offense and they are who they are on defense. And, um, I think the Grizz do have a very good defense. 
So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, we could be in for one of those like nine, six games, which would be crazy. I'm already getting like, I was all getting like thinking about a fourth quarter there being a three point game. Like I'm already actually want to throw it up right now. And there's going to have to be breakaway touchdowns or defensive touchdowns because I think it was Michael Lombardi on one of the Simmons pods used to call it the 2020 offense where a lot of yards between the twenties, you know, both teams put up yards. They just don't score. You know, once it, it, it does get tougher in the red zone, obviously things tighten up, you know, but it's the play calling too, both sides. You know, the cats had a few, they left so many points on the board against Eastern. It was ridiculous. Like that game was so much more nerve wracking than it had to be. And like I said, I saw the same thing with you guys uh, in some, a couple of other games. And it's just like, what's going on here. You're not going to run a, a halfback dive up the middle, two, three plays in a row. Oh, by the way, let's try a half ass, you know, post route, you know, corner route you know, on third down when everyone expects it. So if they don't score on a long play or a defensive return or something, we could just see a lot of field goals. It's an interesting thing because, I mean, you look at some of the factors with this and it's like, granted, the Grizz special teams, like no one kicks the Malik Flowers anymore. He hasn't returned a kickoff, I think, since October mid or early October, but it's like, you talk about that, like a defensive touchdown or a special teams or some big breakaway play. Um, <clears throat> while the cats have a slightly better turnover margin, cause they played a lot more mistake free football than the Grizz. Like what we've got four or five defensive touchdowns and we've got uh, an excellent special uh, special teams return unit when they get the ball. And so, you know, you talk about that parlay, it could be something where that could be an advantage that, you know, maybe the Grizz, especially, you look at their offensive inefficiencies and Afonso, in my opinion, is the big sky MVP. So the the best guy in the conference is on the other side of the ball, but those intangibles where can Justin Ford get his ninth interception in nine games in a row and take it to the house? Can Flowers get the ball in his well, hand? He's on shaking kickoff? his head, but I mean, I would have told you he could get his sixth in a row or his seventh yeah. in a row. I'm nervous about I mean, it. I'm shaking my head because I'm nervous about yeah, it. Yeah, so like I mean, crazy. it's like, so it's like <laughs> yeah. that thing. It's like, okay, so, you know, Cats score a touchdown, kick field goal, and Grizz kick two field goals, and suddenly, you know, late fourth, Malik Flowers gets a kickoff in his hands and he's gone. I mean, that actually kept us in the damn game in Eastern Washington when stuff, when it was looking pretty bleak and then flowers goes, what was it? What was it? 101 yards. He took it out of the yeah, end. I zone, actually thought he? that he should have been the special teams player of the week, even though, well, lost you know, but they don't award, you don't get awards that, and you lose the game. Yeah. So, but he put yeah. that game back in reach for the Grizz yeah. and they were, yeah. you know, they were a, a Chris Brown backup QB pass being six inches lower for winning that yeah. game. Yeah. So, I think so. the special teams for Montana State. I mean, Montana has the advantage, in that, obviously, in that special teams. Um, Willie Patterson scares me. Uh, <laughs> I miss Coy Steele like crazy. Uh, I'm his number one fan. Uh, I wish he was still back there. Uh, Where is he from, Nate? Where, he's in uh, Montana. Sheridan, Sheridan, Sheridan. Oh, Sheridan. Oh, Sheridan. Okay, yeah. All right. I, didn't, I bet you didn't know that. Um, uh, You've said it on the <laughs> mint. That you said it on your pod like a, I, a million okay, times. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Willie Patterson back there does not give me a lot of confidence in our return game, uh, and. It does scare me every time a punt is kicked to us. And so uh, I, I think we have something that, – that's a big advantage for the Grizz right there. Kicking, we both, I think we said on our pod last night, both teams, about the same percentage. They both missed four field goals this year. So we have some pretty solid kickers. Uh, if it's going to line up to be a, a field goal kicking contest, that should be pretty interesting. But yeah. Don't buy Brent's hype. You've got a better kicker, even though our guy's coming on strong. Mike, I said I think 
the cats have the best kicker in the conference. So calm down, even though best we've kicker, got money Macias. We've got money Macias. They've got a better gotcha. kicker. So we have uh, Blake Glessner, and uh, I met his parents at uh, at a uh, like a function here in Spokane. We had right before the Eastern game, and I looked his uh, dad in the eye and said, "Hey, I heard your last name's Glessner. Is your son Blake?" And he's like, "Yeah." I go, "Well, I call him Stones Glessner <laughs> on the pod," and uh, he looked at me like this. He's like, "What?" <laughs> And his mom just started giggling, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, he's got the stones. He's just he's money all the time down the middle." And then uh, the, a good way to lead off an yeah. introduction. And then I think he misses the chip shot at Easter, oh, no. the next one that he uh, he takes. Yeah, he did. He missed like a twenty-seven yard field goal. He doesn't get much closer. Yeah. So interestingly enough, I met interestingly enough, I met Koi Steele's mom and Sheridan over the summer as well, but I did not tell her her son's nickname was Stones. <laughs> Stone steel? That's like a whole different connotation to it for sure. (laughs) Hey, uh, (laughs) I got to ask you guys a question. Go all the way back to Parlay. He was talking about tossing up to Kim. What's going on with Sammy and Kim? Because when I watch him, he kind of just looks and kind of like hold him. So talk to me about Kim. Don't let Mike talk. talk. No, I'm kidding. Brent and I have different (laughs) takes on this because I am – a very good evaluator of the Grizz, and Brent is sugar, 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 sugar. Mike um, picked Northern Colorado. Like, yeah, Mike picked Northern, Northern Colorado. Colorado to beat the Grizz. <laughs> we all saw the hey, sound bite. <laughs> the Grizz had just only beaten Southern Utah by one point at home. Oh, we remember. We remember. Somebody needed to light a fire, and you're welcome, Brent. I told you, don't need any more of this shit. All right. All right. right. <laughs> Sammy and Kim, and some people might say it's because, you know, Cam Humphrey got hurt. And Brown started four games and da da da. It was great to see Sammy come out uh, two weeks ago and score some touchdowns and kind of come out of his shell. I think he's been one of the more disappointing players on our team. And I'm sure that he's going to hear this and tweet it out or do whatever. But, you know, we had Q, both our QBs have struggled. Our offense has struggled. And he was on the Walter Payton Award watch list to start the season. You know, he is one touchdown away from tying our all time touchdown receiving record list is it one or two two to break one to tie i think right yeah yeah yeah. and it just doesn't feel like he is fighting for the ball when it comes to him and you and foley you said it and it's like i mean i'm not i'm not paying you to go watch grizz games and you know say what i think so brent's like oh great you know i mean the ball gets up to him it's like he he doesn't fight for it and it's the weirdest damn thing because he used to do it so I don't, I don't know. And Brent can give you a better answer, but it's frustrating. No, I mean, honestly, as much as I tease Mike and we've joked about on the pod, um, I think Sammy can uh, misses Samori Toure incredibly. Uh, I know Toure, you know, laid an egg in that 2019 game, um, kind of set the whole game off by fumbling it on like the third play. But um, the two of them on the same field at the same time, uh, basically did not allow a defense to really focus on one guy. And um, especially with Toure, who's now on the Blitnikoff list at Nebraska of all places uh, and getting draft buzz uh, who lit up Ohio state two weeks ago. So I, I think uh, for Sammy, it's, uh, I, there has been a lot of frustrating drops that we had not seen in prior years. And um yeah, just I, I think you know Ben Roberts is a great second receiver, but I just don't think he commands the respect that the two when you had Samori and Akem uh, on the field at the same time, uh, and the the type of defensive game plan and scheming. And so it seems like 
it, it, and it, yeah, I think he presumably had a much better connection with Dalton Sneed than he has with both Cam Humphrey and Chris Brown and Robbie Patterson, I guess, to some little extent, but it was just like, um, it just hasn't really clicked. And so there's been games where it's been great. And, but there's been a lot of games where it's been a mixed bag. You know, he drops an easy pass, uh, Northern Colorado. He, he's, he dropped a couple of super easy passes and then he hauled in two real tough ones. So, um, real kind of up down year. And it could be one of those things like Mike was saying, going into the season, being told you're the best receiver in the big sky, getting on all the award lists, all the watch lists. And then you see this offense completely sputter out into a very mediocre offense. And it kind of takes a confidence hit, a little bit of a a mental challenge. And um, it results in the up down play that we've seen. It's been confusing, but yeah. I will add to that, Brent, that I do think early in the season, the offensive play calling didn't do many favors because it felt like they weren't doing anything to get him the ball. And you almost wonder if that didn't compound into this bigger kind of thing, you know, where it's just body language and all that. It's, but it's, it's one of the stranger things of our season because, you know, we had an off, we had a, you know, we had a freshman QB starting games who's got a great arm. Um, you know, but he's got to have the confidence that if he chucks it up to the best wide receiver on the team, he's going to go fight for it. And I don't know that they ever developed that. So, so I want to flip it to you guys. Why the hell wasn't Lance McCutcheon like doing more until this year? Like all of a sudden he's like top in yards. And I know like Limu Jones missed two games, but still like the guy, you just sort it by stats and he's like the yardage leader in the big sky conference. Like, who are his Why were they throwing this guy before? Zero, what zero happened? catches in last year's Cat Goose game. Zero. He was zero. The box score. Jeff Choate. I believe <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, Nice graphic he held up. I counter with it being Kevin Cassis because I was the only guy Tucker really got any confidence to throw it to. He would just throw it up and, and he had that chemistry of Cassis. That's, you know, that's the only thing I can think of is that, you know, McKay has all that same confidence in McCutcheon that – Robig had in the security blanket of Cassis. Cassis not being there anymore. McCutcheon was the guy to step up. I mean, that's this, that's my simple take on it. Is I, I don't know because McCutcheon's a beast. Well, my simple take is at the time he's put in a lot of work in the last two years in the off season with the, with a year off, but he just was not better than Travis Johnson or Kevin Cassis in 2019. It's been a while since 2019. A lot can change, you know. He's put in a lot of work. He looks way bigger. And I think that that um, to Foley's point, I mean, opportunity is a big part of that too. I mean, if he had, you know, those two guys ahead of him on the depth chart or or really in the in the kind of QB confidence level, there weren't that many passes to go around in the cat offense in 2019. Yeah. So, no. Oh, Cast is somehow still ended up like top five all-time receiving yeah, for the Kings. We had some talent at receiver that we definitely wasted. Uh, well, I know Nate and I talked about this once, the kind of like what could have been mm-hmm. on some of those guys. Yeah, I don't know if Nate remembers uh, it, but we ruined I, I sure oh, geez, what not Robert's uh, Herbert, Mitch Herbert. We ruined Mitch Herbert. And Jeff Joe ruined Mitch Herbert. He was tearing it up with the Dakota Prukop and he just turned into like nothing a senior's year. <laughs> well, Do you ever wonder it's gonna be a problem? Because Dakota Prukop left, and that was that he would have yeah, been with the coaching coach change. first year, right? Well, yeah, I've got this whole theory, this whole butterfly effect on what like what would have happened. Prukop left, then we goes out and gets Tyler Brugman, and then I don't even. Oh talk God! Don't, don't say his name, please. Don't say his name again. <laughs> he added me as a friend on Facebook because he sells real estate in Arizona. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's a very nice man. 
I don't know. I, I hit him. I wasn't really interested in being friends with a failed cat's QB, much less, you know. <laughs> ended up like walking on at like Texas A&M for senior year. And when we when we lost when we lost Prukop, we also lost was it House right? No, I'm sorry, not House right. Um, Cramsey, who had dialed up some amazing yes. amazing offense for the Cats. I mean, he had Prukop, which is another world quarterback for FCS, but. Uh, Yes, that butterfly effect recruited getting rid of Cramsey because he wasn't going to come back if Prukop didn't come back, and he wanted to be head coach, and then they got shown, so it was a whole mess when, when that whole thing happened. Hey, Thorny, do you remember Jeff Choate's very first game we played in Idaho? Idaho was still FBS. Halftime comes. Brugman made some weird mistake. Maybe it was like a, like a play-calling mistake. Jeff Choate comes to the middle of the field, grabs Brugman by his face mask in the middle field, shakes his shakes his helmet, curses him out right there on the middle of the field, and then runs off into, <laughs> into the locker rooms. Nah, I don't remember that. I remember – Oh, my gosh. I, I was like, Bregman looked different. okay in that game. Because we, we, <laughs> we went from Rob Ash to that, and I was like, holy cow. Yeah. Something's changed. <laughs> so, I mean, you guys have brought up the coaches a couple of times, so now it's kind of a chance to talk about a question that I actually posed in our Big Sky Podcast Network chat, and none of you ever answered it. But contrast the two coaches because I kind of agree with Parlay. Like, I don't know that Choate wins both of the big games you guys won on the road. No. Maybe he progresses, but it's like it always felt like maybe that was the thing. I definitely think you'd feel more comfortable if you had Choate going into this game, but part of that's yeah. unknown. Yeah. So maybe compare and contrast those. Well, I think – there's a lot of variables and let's not forget that these are Choate's guys. So that it goes a long way, but just like my quick take um, without going to camp or watching practice or any of that is that vegan is an overall better game planner. The guys are just ready game in week in and week out uh, more prepared for each and every game Whereas Choate, he will get you from zero to a hundred for, you know, the cat Grizz game. And he's an intensity guy, but vegan just as bad as our offenses looked like and as nasty as it feels to watch that Weber game. I just felt confident that whole Weber game that, you know, we're, we're going to win this, the Eastern game in the second half. It's like, we are just a better team. We're playing better. We're not making outside of that, Outside of that weird snap at midfield in the second half, Eastern didn't even come close to scoring against us. So you know, it's just – You know who didn't feel confident you were going to win the Weber game? Nate, and I have the text to prove it. But I'm <laughs> glad that he's still on the <laughs> those are Those are off the record, obviously, I guess. I thought yeah. oh, yeah. Off the record. I'm not going to tell you what they say. <laughs> I mean, I've done you can go. I, I just need to talk talk. The only thing I want to say about it is Jeff Choate, the last time Jeff Choate played Weber State or Eastern Washington, Troy Anderson was quarterback. So I'm not sure it's a yeah, fair evaluation I mean, to the 2019 yeah, team or point. even this team. If Jeff Choate was at the helm, could have been completely different. But, yeah, he had to play with Troy Anderson at quarterback and didn't win either one of those games. But 2019 but, didn't play Eastern or – But that was his choice, though, Thorne. Exactly. That, yeah, was, that his was his choice. choice. I'm just saying, like, if you're saying he's the coach right now, yeah, he wins fair. those games. But I would say, like, given what you guys have learned about McKay through the year, I think there's zero chance Choate would be trusting McKay very much at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. the one thing about Vegan is he is going to 
you know, try to put McKay in the, in the positions to be successful with the things he does well. And, you know, he's the guy. So, you know, you're going to push him or do whatever. But I mean, Choate just, you know, you were done. You were done with him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, when you, when you compare and contrast the two coaches, I think we all were scarred by the end of the Ash era where we had the most vanilla playing, didn't get the intensity coach. Worst defense you've ever uh, seen. We, we actually enjoyed that. we enjoyed that. You guys loved it, yeah. I mean, I can see how. You then we that. repaid it with the Stit era, and we're yeah, still we, and we got it back. So, you guys repaid yeah. the Stit. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, uh, but I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head. Like, I think vegans. Like, I think we all think vegan is the better coach in terms of game plan. Uh, you should read all the articles about the players. He's more businesslike, where he's going to be down to the details. Where Choate was the intensity fire guy. You're right when when you said I would be more comfortable probably going into this game with a guy like Choate, who, I mean, we don't know anything about Vegan and what he thinks about the rivalry. I think there was an article today that Coulter Poole did um, about Vegan and rivalries, but we knew what Choate brought to it, and he brought intensity. He brought he knew how much this game meant to everybody in Montana. This is Vegan's first. He's no stranger to big games. Obviously, he was at North Dakota State. You know, they have rivals. They played in the biggest games in, that you can play in, in the FCS. So he gets big games. But it is in the back of your mind that you felt comfortable with Choate because he was that huge, huge energy guy that got everybody up. And it's going to be interesting to see what kind of team comes out with Vegan and just in their differences and just emotion, I guess. Did you guys know that uh, Vegan was on the D2 North Dakota State team that came into Missoula and won? I wondered if he was. I did not know that. I, I read that in an article. That that was, I actually did not know that. I was like, I didn't know that was, that. he was a running backs coach, I think. Yeah, that wow. was like Bulls' first year <laughs> wow. or second year. Yeah. I didn't know that. He's that no stranger to Wadgris, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, that, you know, that's harking the way back. So I will say, um, we kind of talked about this on the pod a little bit. One of our listener questions um, for, on the Grizz Fan Pod was, um, you know, some, something along the lines of, do you think it's a good thing that the opposing fan base hates our coach? Of course, you know, Bobby Howe. Um, but the last two years with Howe back and, and Choate being, you know, in years three and four was the first time in maybe my lifetime where I feel like both schools had a coach that the other fan base detested or didn't like or had strong feelings about. You know, usually it's kind of one or the other. And it's like right now, not Kramer, like Kramer broke the streak and he kind of had a little bit of an attitude but, too. But Kramer loved Montana, at uh, least outwardly. Yeah. You know, I mean, he obviously did some great things and, and, and did end the streak. And I think that's huge, but he was never like, he, you know, how clearly hates MSU. Choate clearly, clearly instilled, you know, what this game meant in, to the Cats players in a way that I don't think any coach in my lifetime really has. Um, so it's kind of a bummer that we don't have that. And I think maybe Vegan goes into that, but he just seems like an even keel guy. So I don't see him being the villain in any story. Line. I mean, we're lucky we have the captains. It's too nice. Yeah, he is. <laughs> luckily we have the captains that are going to be, I mean, you have Troy, you have Rovig, you have all these yeah, guys. It's Troy senior year. First year, like the, the intensity is not going to be lost on the, Team, I don't think in terms of like what the captains are going to. That's obvious too. You can't just go. You, there's no way you can't be intense going into this game. But I think it's 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 just gonna be, it's interesting to have another guy back on the sideline that's not going to be as fiery as Cho. Um, yeah, and I, I also the Ash the Ash scared us, scarred us. I also believe that uh, probably the first person that uh, Vegan talked to when he got to the office Sunday morning was Wadid. I'm sure she was waiting for him, 
And she probably would have said something like, you know, this has all been great, but we don't lose to Montana in anything. So I, I, I'm sure that she's got them. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about you guys uh, not knowing what this game means or anything like that. The thing about Troy Anderson, too, is uh, he did not play in 2019. He's waited three years for this game. He's going he's gonna to come out this hair on fire, I'm going to imagine. Is he going yeah. to run the ball? Nope. Mm-hmm. I, okay, okay. I don't see any reason. I did see in your scouting report that you you Yeah. I, I didn't read yeah, it. About like, that. I hope you pass see, it on we, to Bobby Howe. He prepares out. For, for Troy again. <laughs> if Afonso yeah. is out, out, I bet we see Troy Anderson get the ball. I think ball. you just see a whole hell of a lot of Tommy Mallott. If it's fourth and one on the Montana two and cats are down four, <laughs> oh my god! And Afonso is out. Who do you want running that ball? Troy Anderson. <laughs> Troy. <laughs> I mean, yes, you do. I just don't think they're going. <laughs> Nothing made me happier than see Troy at the goal line. I wouldn't be sad to see it. He intercepted. I took a pick six back earlier in the year, and I was like, "That look, that looks really good." Watch that again. <laughs> yeah, it was fun to see him kind of gallop into the end zone. He has that stride that you know yeah. he's in the house. Yeah, just like one leg jumped over a guy, made it look like he's hurdling a hurdle, and uh, <laughs> Lane looked easy. I'm like, ah, it was a good memory. That. It was a good yeah. memory for sure. All right, I, I certainly so, I can't hate that kid. I, I mean, I, I don't I don't like hate any players. You know what I'm saying? But it's like I just I you know Montana kid that's I think going to be in the league next year. It's hard to hate him. So, yeah, yeah, we're on the record as saying he's, he's the GFP's favorite cap player. Although Afonso is kind of making a run. We've really, Brent and I were on the Afonso is the MVP of the conference before uh, anybody else even mentioned <laughs> before it. it was and, cool. and Kyler in cool. Eastern Washington can't even handle the thought. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, there was like one of those, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger handshake moments where I think, well, but no one was helping me out, but where I was arguing that Afonso is the MVP and I had Eastern fans after the cats beat Eastern telling me that was the dumbest thing they've ever heard. And uh, just pointing out, you know, who played better on the field that day between Barry, a, yeah, Barry, Barry, a. Fonse rushed for more yards and Barry passed for in that game. <laughs> and a, a lot of my argument, a lot of my argument in that is <clears throat> Eric Barry is a very special quarterback, a very special talent in the big sky conference. And so, and, and as is Isaiah Fonse, but if you took the guy out of the team, and put in, you know, whoever the backup is, who's going to be more successful. And I think Eastern Washington, like we know, like you're surrounded with amazing weapons still. And then we see them do this all the time. They just like snap in another quarterback and the guy throws for 500 yards and six touchdowns a game. Uh, but I think the cat offense without Isaiah Fonse is now Malat's really come on late, you know, but I think uh, you look at the, the stretch of the season in terms of, individual value to a team that cannot be replaced. I don't see anybody else, but that's me. Got a question about Troy Anderson. Is Troy Anderson the most famous person in Montana? He like the most famous as opposed Montana. to like how, like compared to what? Is he the most, no, is he the most notable person in Montana right now? How much is street and we How much has the governor spent on uh, <laughs> on ads in the last twelve years of running for yeah, office? I think the people who pay attention to football definitely know who he is. I mean, especially cat fans, I think he's you know like non-politics, right? Like okay, yeah. I think that most Grizz fans even wouldn't know who he was walking down the street. Now, if he was wearing a sign that said, you know, I'm Anderson, I play for the cats, like 
maybe some more people would put. It's on a commercial now. You know, yeah, see, Thorny, the first time I saw that that commercial, I think it was the Eastern game, and immediately I was like, I know who that guy is, damn it. Like, I recognize a cap player without a jersey on. This is terrible. One shot rock and hard commercial. I have a question. I've been wondering this. Can you guys recap what's happened to your offensive line? I'm pretty curious. I don't know what's going on there. And yeah. of injuries, some guys have like retired for mental health reasons. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, the Grizzle line has been kind of a patchwork thing and um, a couple transfers that came in and they wound up uh, Colton Kites, who walked on to help Bob Stitt when Bob Stitt wasn't giving scholarships to any O-line players. Uh, I think left the team under Stitt and came back when Bobby came in, like between the time of Stitt's whatever non-renewal and Bobby's hiring Colton called it quits and Bobby and Chad Germer, the O-line coach called him back. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing this timeline and said, Hey, we need you. Cause we had nobody. We had like, at that point, I think we had one or two O-line kids total on scholarship. And so he kind of just backs up and, 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 but worked his way through kind of put the effort in and for the Washington game and the Northern or Western Illinois game, started and i believe shortly thereafter that um announced retirement from football um basically due to uh you know mental health issues concerns things like that so credit to the kid to like recognizing that and not letting it completely you know just eat him alive yeah, and uh, just so, so people know on that yeah. just to put a bow on that he actually is now interning with the um athletic right. department like yeah. he he's got a great relationship with the school and their school's yep. really supportive of him i mean it's kind of a bummer yep. um I know, I know his mom and it, it, he's a great kid he just they're a great he, family just, yeah he couldn't do football anymore and you know more power to him for recognizing it frankly yeah agreed and i think and i think the the reception he got from the fan base from the team, from everybody from college football was to applaud him for recognizing the potential damage that he could be causing himself and to, to walk away. Um, that then jumbled the O-line up quite a bit. Uh, and so you, you lose one guy and it seemed kind of funny, but then our center, AJ Forbes has been hurt back, hurt again, hurt back again. Not, I don't think he's listed as a starter for the cat game. So <clears throat> Not sure his status. And then our right tackle, Dylan Cook, who was a quarterback, <laughs> but had actually has developed into a pretty good right tackle that was getting just a little bit of kind of those draft diamond, like little kind of FCS buzz things as the season got going, uh, has been hurt and has been, I think, came back a little bit for NAU. So basically you go center, right guard, right tackle, and we haven't had a consistent group there. Mike, what do you think? Have we since like September? I mean, and so there was another player from the Grizz that 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 hung it up, Tyler Ganow, but he was a third string guard, played played in and out a little bit in 2019, but was not part of the two deep at the time. So, um, yeah, that's. I mean, you guys know this, like the Cato line, save until now, right, has been pretty solid. The same steady group of guys. And just the amount of experience and playing time you get um, where you've got everybody on the field together most all the time. And we've got a different group almost weekly and then during the game as well, too. So, um, yeah, it's tough to say. I don't know, like, right. 
it's the same thing on your side of the ball. It, it will cook start at right tackle or will it be Brandon Casey. Who's a redshirt freshman. Um, he played against the last two games uh, quite a bit. Uh, then our interior right guard is, could be a mix of different guys because Moses Mallory moves over to center if we don't have AJ Forbes. So it's, it's just kind of a big thing that jumbles back and forth and we've been doing it for a couple months now. So it's uh, yeah, you, you add in the mix of inexperienced running backs and uh, O-line where three fifths of your guys, you don't know what your groupings looking like on a week to week basis. It makes it tough. It makes it really tough. How are you feeling about the cats defensive line then? Oh, well, your guys, your defensive line is great. And it's I like, as I was pointed out when I did my scouting report, I was like talking about the ends with all their stats, but like, um, you know, your interior line is, is incredible as well too. Chase so Benson does everything there. Oh yeah, he does. He does. So, <laughs> I mean, I, this is, this is like one of the things I don't, I don't know if the Grizz can do this because they haven't consistently shown that they've been able to, but like they, this O-line has had a problem if it's a three or a four man rush they just, they can't even pick that up consistently. I mean, a three-man rush, we had issues when we lost to Sac State. Um, and near the end of the game, Sac was just doing a three-man rush. And we're pressuring our quarterbacks with pretty good efficiency. So um, it's it's a massive challenge. And it's one of the things where, I mean, that Cat D-line versus the Grizz O-line, they have a tremendous advantage in that. And that's going to be, it's one of these things where it's like, I don't, I don't personally know if they've got the solution to it. And if, you know, we're all healthy and Forbes is at center and cooks at right tackle and then Mallory's at right guard, it's going to give us our best shot. But that grouping still has shown that they have breakdowns and issues and inefficiencies. It's led to a lot of killed drives and quarterback sacks and things like that. So yeah, I, it's, you guys talk about like, you, you get nervous about the, you know, the pick six or something like that. I think that's one of the biggest things I worry about when I look at this, like, like I think parlay was saying, um, can the Grizz go 80 yards? I mean, and can that O-line keep our quarterbacks clean for, a, you know, three to four seconds consistently and um, open up lanes for the running backs? I mean, all signs kind of point to no. So I just don't know how they're going to do that. That's going to be the biggest thing that they're going to have to figure out. So uh, if we're going to break down units and give advantages, you know, line versus line, special teams versus special teams, you want to do that? Yeah, I mean, we can do that. I I think think, maybe before we do that real quick, though, I mean, I feel we're we're four to two cats versus Grizz in in this year. I feel like we probably talked a ton about kind of cats and and stuff like that. so I think we probably should talk a little bit more about kind of who the Grizz are as a team. So I'm curious, and I'm going to make Thorny answer this question. Thorny, I need you to tell me two good things about this Grizz team. Um, Cause I know this stuff is hard for you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I like how aggressive the defense is. I think it's fun to watch. They blitz like crazy. They play hard. They get after it. They run full speed. It's very fun to watch. Like, I've never seen, the defense like be that like entertaining. In fact, they're more entertaining than the offense. That's a rarity. Um, it's not just, like, just boring, good defense. It's like, they're just legitimately fun to watch. That's number one thing. Second thing is, oh, that's a tougher one. It's a tougher one. Love Special team. Uh, Malik Flowers. He's really good. 
<laughs> I like how you're, you're like the guy trying to get out of the room as quickly as possible. Malik Fires. Okay. And Malik Fires. Okay, bye. Yeah, he does stuff that's fun to watch and whatnot. No, he, he's really good, man. He's a, he's really, really fun to watch. He's got a, like a smooth stride. It's really fun to see him, man. Uh, you know, go the distance, 100, 100 yards from the end zone. I love a good return game. It's always fun to watch. It's always such a momentum builder, such a huge thing to happen in a game. And yeah, they can't have one in a, in a long time. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, the aggressiveness on defense is interesting because it's fun, but if we can't get home to the QB, you know, then we struggle. But, I mean, that's just the it's risk trouble. of the offense. But, I mean, the, the Grizz play a really interesting 3-3-5, three, three, and it it's built to bring pressure from all angles because it's really not built for the line to bring the pressure on their own. You know, the, the, the three up front are really just supposed to eat up, uh, you know, space and blocking to try and open it up for the – the linebackers and the safeties to come in and, and do work. So most of the time it's fun to watch. <laughs> Save that Sac State game in the fourth quarter of Eastern. Outside of that, great stuff. He and Coach yeah. Vegan talked about having seen it when uh, he was playing in San Diego. San Diego State. Yeah, San Diego yep. State. There you go. Yep. SDSU. Yep, that's where we yeah. brought it in from. Because yep. was, how was the associate head coach there after UNLV? Um, and probably would have gotten that job over Hoke if he had stayed on staff, but instead he came back to Montana. So here we are. Bobby Hulk ever going to leave Montana? Probably. I don't not. know why he would. You know, yeah. he he, he know had the, either. He had to lobby some people to get it back, and uh, he you shot know, his he, shot, man. Like he's got a good thing going. Why leave? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if they were able, if he was to, you know, lead him to a national championship. And then there was an opportunity to go be like a special teams coach in the NFL or even like an associate special teams coach in the NFL or something like that. You know, maybe, but I, I would be surprised. Yeah, I agree. I kind of, yeah, saw what that next level looks like and recognize that that's, uh, you know, especially on the Western side of the U S like your, your options with your recruiting pools are pretty limited and there's a lot of turds out there and, he definitely landed one at UNLV. And we've seen this with coaches that have left both of our programs and other programs in the big sky. Um, it's, it, it's tough. It's tough to go from FCS to FBS on this side of the, of the country and be successful. Yeah. That's true. And we, I think we, we, we should have known the second he went to UNLV that it was going to end poorly. I mean, he got him to a bowl game. But, yeah, I think he's pretty happy to be back in Montana. You know, it's got a place on Flathead Lake and Montana's home. So, yeah, we get we get them for better or worse. <laughs> Foley's nightmare is that once Hauk retires, then Robbie Hauk takes over, and then his kid <laughs> takes over, and there's just nothing but Hauks at Montana <laughs> for the rest of his life. That's true. That's so true. <laughs> well, I would be shocked if Robbie Hauk does anything but coach football after uh, he graduates. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Get him on staff, and he could have the uh, make a run for the the McCaffreys. Oh boy! In in nepotism, get your tight pants oh, out. Yeah, tight, tight pants. pants. <laughs> oh boy! All right, well, all right. So, uh, Parley, you were you were talking about going by position by position, right? Yeah, you know, universe unit, uh, line versus line, special teams versus special teams. I. I don't know. I think some of them are going to be hard to 
to pick because like special teams, for instance, it's, I like our kicking game, but your return game's obviously much better. So how, which one do you say is better overall? Grizz because of the return game or. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think like we talked about, I, I, I think like if you go kicker to kicker, cats, kicker, better field goal kicker. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, coverage units are kind of similar punt return. We've not been able to do a whole lot since Sulcer uh, was out. We did have a couple, we had uh, both a Hauk and a um, Graves punt return get wiped out by a penalty or one of them get wiped out by some guy running into him. Well, that was, so the guy that our Aaron Fonts, who's muffed a few punts is a true freshman and he's, the NAU is his fourth game. So that kid's not going to be on the field. I can't imagine. Um, so it's probably going to be Garrett Graves or Robbie Houck that's going to be the primary punt returners. And then, um, you know, of course, like our kick return game, um, if you kick to him, uh, Flowers is the more dangerous. So, like, maybe a, I would say a slightly into Montana, but it's not like a, a big – if we still had Sulcer fielding punts, I'd say a, a heavier lean to Montana. But – like very slight and Some, something crazy is going to happen on a punt. I just feel it. Yeah. I just feel it. Uh, Cause I think there's going to be a lot of punts. So it's just, you know, college kids and a game that brings on so much nerves and emotion. It's just inevitable. Well, we got a great punter. I mean, it, if there was ever a year for us to have a great punter, we've got and one. Our is. punters buried some deep, too, in big moments. You know, there's been times I'm usually naturally aggressive where if it's near midfield and it's less than five to go on fourth, I want to go for it. I want to control the ball, you know, run the clock out, give ourselves a better chance to score. But then we go and punt it and nail, you know, Eastern inside the five. I'm thinking back to that drive where I don't know what the hell Eastern was doing with their offense that drive. You know, they just – I'm trying to remember the play sequence, but it was just the weirdest thing. And then they punted it and gave us the ball, and we just ran the clock out. It was just – I had no idea what the hell was going on. You know, it, it was so weird. I don't know what Best was thinking, thinking he'd get the ball back. I mean – No. And it had just happened no. to him in the, in the Weber game where Weber – on like third and 12, like was just conceding to punt and they ran it for a first down. I don't know what he was thinking, but then he figured he'd go fire a coach. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, what, whatever happened with that? Uh, <laughs> I don't think we've got the story. Yeah. Who Kyler, knows? Come on, Kyler. Yeah. We've been, wait, we've been waiting for it. So I, I just say that if that, if that happened in, in either of our schools, I feel like we would know. Oh. <laughs> Message boards would be full. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the in the interest of time, I don't think we need to go like position by position. Um, <laughs> well, like I think we can agree on a few things, right? Like running back, Montana State. Yeah, running game. O line, sure. Montana State. D line, Montana State. Cornerback, Montana. Yeah. I mean, like those positions. Like, I don't think it's even up for debate, in my opinion, unless someone wants to throw an opinion out there. So that kind of looks like quarterbacks is the one. Who's going to come out and make the throws? Who's going to step up? Sammy McCutcheon has outplayed him. Oh, I yeah. Mean, no, no one would have guessed that at the beginning of the year. No. I mean, I don't think anyone was talking about McCutcheon at the beginning of the year. 
No, I didn't even. I don't think any cat fans thought that that would happen with him. Like, I was. I, I was thought Jaden Smith would be the breakout player for the yeah. cast wide receiver core, and he's really done almost next to nothing. So, yeah. I have a question. So we'll get off the positions because I, I, I do yeah. have a question here. So if you think about, we're not going to get into like the lines and the betting of things, but what would you put on the game for the other side? So, like, say I'm a Cats fan, I'm going to bet on the Grizz to win. How much money would you put on the other team to win so that if you lose? you would feel okay financially because you won some money as a consolation prize. What is your limit of what you would put on? Like, so Foley, Thorny, uh, Thorny uh, Parlay, like what do you put on the Grizz to feel okay if we lost this game? Uh, in Cat Grizz games, I don't really do it. Like, I do it, but this is hypothetical. I know. I, it's, I love doing it with Ash in the playoffs because it was like, and a lot of times I got the best of both worlds where we – we'd win, but not cover. So I'd make money and we'd still advance. Yeah. So I want to know what you would put on this damn game <laughs> to feel okay afterwards. Like it would be $200 on the Grizz to win $250. If the cats win, you lose 250. But if the Grizz win, at least you hadn't got away with some money. I think a thousand on plus three and a half and, and hope that we win by three. <laughs> so best of both worlds. Okay. Is there any money authority or fully that you would be okay with? With the Grizz winning. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's invaluable. It's worthless. It is. I mean, I, I, I tend to agree. <laughs> I mean, uh, also, uh, I don't fully understand the question. So, yeah, I can't <laughs> imagine that there would be an amount of money where it's like, oh, the, I just had to sit through that fucking game in Bozeman again. Excuse me. But, oh, you get a thousand bucks for it? Like, on oh, this one. oh. Yeah, just like walking out of – if it's Saturday and I'm walking out of the stadium, but I'm like, hey, I'm up 50 bucks or I'm up $200. Yeah, try saying that out loud, Brent. <laughs> that tailgate. Loud. I yeah, made 50 kicks. bucks. <laughs> better be more than yeah. 50. Hey, five in a row. My, question was, more, bucks, my question was more a group think uh, because Maybe I was thinking like about it. I was just trying to find a way to get best of both worlds. Uh, yeah. But I think – I think I don't, I don't, I don't think, think it exists in this game. Players. Yeah, you're right. I think, I think Barney has it. It's invaluable to get that cat Grizz win. There's not a – yeah, and there's so much on the line. I mean, for the Bob to get that second seed is everything. Because now that we made the semifinal, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but now that we made the semifinal, that's not good enough for me. Like, <laughs> it's it's great, but we, we I don't want to. We as yeah, the cats. Just want to the cats. Like we as in the cats made the semifinal. We as in the cat fans. No, like we can get the girls in the semis too. Come on, guys. Yeah. Well. He didn't make it last time. But That's what I mean. so stop. There there are how many teams in the FCS? A lot. This drives me nuts. And the Grizz <laughs> hey. were in the final eight. And people talk about it like the Grizz season was some terrible failure. No, you guys, hey, when the other when the other schools in the final four it tends yeah. to take a back seat. Uh, yeah, well, so, you know. uh, it's just there's a huge there is such a massive difference between playing that semifinal game at home. Versus playing at North Dakota State or at James Madison or at Sam Houston, even like you can't compare it. I want to be there. I want to be there for the semifinal game. So yeah, there's no amount of money I can make off the Grizz uh, winning Saturday that would make up for being able to be in Bozeman for the semifinal game. Not even close. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's huge in all the national championships. Uh, games the Grizz have appeared in, both the ones they've won and the ones they lost. 
they only won on the road in the semifinals once. They went and upset James Madison on the road. So, I mean, it, getting that home game, getting the top two seeds. That's huge. huge. Yeah, especially with our state. That's why I get I go nuts when when somehow teams in the big sky seem to fall down the rankings when teams in the valley don't. Um, but that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. Well, at least the Valley getting five teams in a few years ago made the rule change where we're not all, not all going to be on the same side of the bracket if there's five big sky teams in or four or whatever. <sighs> that's brutal. So that's good. At least we're not on the same side. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we can go back to position by position now. I just wanted to. No, <laughs> scrap position by position. I think position. we're good. I, I I think good. good. I think we can okay. talk about who we want to talk about in positions. <laughs> um, maybe let's just do this. How are you feeling going into this game? Like, what do you think is going to happen? How are you feeling about it? Wants to tackle that one. Ooh. I mean, I can start. I, I was – after that Eastern win, you know, I was riding high. I was like, okay, I mean, this is – it was huge. And then, I mean, human nature – I mean, it starts creeping in your brain when that Idaho – I mean, I, I know I talked and said, you know, our defense played well. They only had 13 points, one touchdown. But it does – the doubts start creeping in when you see what they couldn't do against – they couldn't move the ball really against Idaho. You know, a lot came in and, and – was electric and was the catalyst that made everything work in that game. Can you bottle that up again? Does it happen again if, if, if they need him to do this against the Grizz and the Grizz know he's running the ball? It's a better defense than Idaho. So, I mean, there's the nerves that come with any Cat Grizz, and then there's the Idaho game in the back of your mind. Uh, last year we had a – or 19, we had a huge win against Davis going into that Cat Grizz game uh, in Davis, which was, which was pretty big for, for children at the time to knock, to knock them off uh, going into CAG Grizz. And I think we were feeling pretty optimistic, more optimistic in that one. And then this Idaho one was a little bit of a letdown. So, you know, I think, I honestly do think the cats are the better team. Um, you know, I'm picking them to win, but that Idaho game definitely knocked me down a couple notches in confidence. Just kind of that human nature of we should have throttled that team and we did. Yeah. And I, I alluded to it too, where that, Idaho game and our passing game makes me nervous, but overall, I think we have the better team and I like our chances to win, uh, to win comfortably as comfortably as this team can win, which is usually just holding like a six or seven point lead, you know, like against Eastern or Weber. And for me, it's the reality check of yes, the Grizz are trending up. They've looked like world beaters the last two weeks against Northern Colorado and Northern Arizona. And we've played at Weber at Eastern. And yes, we've, we laid a dump on our home field against Idaho, but look at the history against Idaho. They're always close. Idaho has good talent on the line. They have a horrible coach. So if their coach can get up for one game, you know, and yeah, you guys shut down their running QB, but he wasn't their QB the whole game that game either. It's a different situation when he's playing the whole game. And yeah, maybe I'm trying to talk circles around this shitty game against Idaho, but they do have some studs on defense. And it, it does make me think if it's windy at all at Wagris, get McKay out of there because he just doesn't have the arm strength in the wind or, you know, put they're going to have to be very strategic about um, the passing game, you know, because that's my biggest worry. And we've, we've talked about it enough. <laughs> so. 40 and cloudy in Missoula. No, not no major precipitation or wind. So I was gonna say, if it's windy in Missoula, 
and the Chris can't pass the ball. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I don't know. I guess, yeah, you guys are in this is just be, as much trouble as we're we just are. like Weber State did against you guys. So, um, fully thorny. Where are you guys at? <laughs> I'll take this one. Uh, I think back to in 2019 coming into the cat because you guys beat Weber State and just took them to the woodshed. Mm-hmm. And I had no clue that Montana State was going to take the Grizzlies to the woodshed the next week. I would have never predicted that. I have, I've been going back and forth on this all week long. I have no clue what's going to happen. I think about our defense and your offense. I'm like, okay, maybe, I mean, the cats definitely have that. If we can get to the quarterback and be disruptive, I think that that bodes well for us. But I haven't seen the cats pull uh, a steady offensive game in a while. I don't think, I was thinking about trick plays too. I think, uh, I think the Grizz would be more apt to pull a trick play. I don't think Montana State has had a kind of a gadget play. And I think this is a game where you could win on a gadget play. This could come down to one or two plays late in the game. And I don't know. I don't know. Vegan is just so vanilla. I, I haven't seen anything like that from him. I would be surprised if Montana State holds a big lead in this game. That would be the most shocking thing to me, honestly. I think our uh I think the defense is gonna hold court. Uh and but I don't think our offense is gonna be able to to replicate what we did in 2019 because I, I don't know why how we did it in 2019. You guys looked so good so against true. Weber State, and then it was just like you couldn't stop us. And I was like, it just didn't make any sense. I still don't know why why that happened. So uh I think Thorny talked about it in the RR. We don't have the offensive line we did in 2019. We just don't have the graders that we had. So, um, I don't know. Like, I just keep going back and forth. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. It's Cat Grizz, man. Like, this is really anything could happen. I hate – I don't make predictions on this, so I'm not going to. But so it's just like, really up in there for me. And that, that Grizz game in 19 just – it took me by surprise. And then it made me – it made me confident for the North Dakota State game. It gave me hope that we actually had the horses to – <laughs> To keep up with North Dakota State, so goddamn Grizz, they you know just they screwed us and we won. Make me too hopeful. That that, that happened to us when we beat North Dakota State. What was that, 2015? And then we beat Cats. And we go to North Dakota State, they beat the shit out of us. So yeah, me, <laughs> it's like uh like everyone else says, it's been an up and down year, and the Idaho game definitely has doubts creeping in your mind. But my doubts for this game are different than they have been in historical Cactus games. It's where those are typically like we could be trending on all time high and I'm nervous because we just lose to the Grizz. And that's what we've done so often. I don't, I'm nervous for that, for this game, not because it's the cat Grizz game. It's like the cats have such a mental edge in this game at the moment. I don't, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried just, I'm worried about our offense. I'm worried about the Grizz defense stopping it. I'm not worried about the cats losing just because, the, um, of some sort of mental block or some sort of struggle that the cats have always had, like not having the winning culture in the cat Grizz game. Cause I think that's in place. And I think that it's going to come down to the senior leadership. And one thing that's given me a lot of hope is how much of the staff that Choate or uh, vegan has retained from Choate's side that are familiar with scheming it up to beat the, beat the Grizz. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay. Still uh, didn't love the Idaho game. Certainly didn't love Afonso getting hurt. But I think overall, I'm still feeling fairly optimistic about this game. But I, like fully said, I don't. Even, I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know how the Grizz are going to score in our defense, and I'm not sure exactly how we're going to score on the Grizz defense either. So, <laughs> it's gonna be a fun one. 
If you like defense, it, it could yep. be a fast game. It could be a real fast Cactus game. We're going to be done by 2.30. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, from from Grizz fan uh, side and perspective, it's kind of funny because I think in the last decade, we can pull out, we, we can absolutely grab two games where it's like last year or two years ago, Grizz were what, third in the country and cats were playing eight, for their playoff eight. life. Well, I'd say that was like a, uh, they would have been in, but they would definitely, yeah, yeah we were top two. Okay. So, uh, but it was like, it was like, yeah, Grizz came off a big win. They're playing great. And they just, they laid an egg cats just beat the shit out of them. Like you can't argue about it anyway. Uh, you go back to you go back 10 years ago, 2011 cats are number one in the country. And here comes a banged up Grizz team that was kind of slogging through some ugly wins. And they put it to the cats on their home field. So it's kind of, it, it's kind of fascinating. And, you know, we've had more cat victories and Grizz victories in the last decade for sure. So it, I, I don't know. It, it's, it, I, I have a weird feel from my perspective that there's going to be enough to get that that's going to get the Grizz over the hill. And I, I feel like you guys have talked about this too. The one thing I just wonder about is Jeff Choate, is the Grizz Slayer and like he just that he like lives, breathes, um, eats, drinks, anything, everything that is beat the Grizz. And he's gone. And yeah, his assistants are there. And yeah, you know, Troy Anderson, all these other guys are there <clears throat> that have had this instilled in them. And probably that's could be enough. But I just feel like like you don't have your guy at the top. And so um I just have this weird thought. The vegan feels like an Ash 2.0 in some regards to Please me. Don't say that. <laughs> God don't and, say that. <laughs> and it's like, if if it's like crunch time, and um, he hasn't shown that this year, but so so maybe I'm putting some false hope into it. But I just have this like odd, calm sense currently that it's going to be a super tight game. It's going to be a low scoring game, and one error is going to be the deciding factor one team or the other a, 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 like like parlay was saying a long run a, a yeah an 80 yard bomb touchdown uh, a pick six a kickoff return for a touchdown and like that's that's the difference in the game and so i feel like you look at a few of these things i feel with those like crazy freak big plays the Grizz maybe have some things that tip their way that that way and that could be the day and so i i don't know um up until these last two weeks, especially coming off that Southern Utah game, I just thought we were going to get our ass kicked. Uh, and then, you know, the injuries are something to pay attention to. Grizz been playing through injuries all year. Cats suddenly have a lot of adversity. And it's just going to be interesting to see how they do with it. I'm expecting Fonse to play. I'm expecting him to get 30-plus touches. And I'm expecting him to have over 100 yards against this defense, even though it's statistically the best rush defense at the conference. He's a dude. Um, you just can't completely stop him. But I don't know. I got just kind of a weird feeling Grizz are going to have just enough in them. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I think. I mean, I, I, I've become a little bit more comfortable with the game as the week's gone on. I mean, if the Cats win, I'm not going to be surprised. Um, I, I do think the Grizz are being underestimated a little bit, which is fine because I think the Cats have earned it going undefeated in conference. Like, you know, they've earned the opportunity to be where they're at and be playing for the top, you know, top, top two seeds, in my opinion. Um, I think it's interesting that they almost are in reverse position of 2019 from a, what they're playing for and where they're at the rankings and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the, the 2019 game, I mean, I, 
Britton kind of said it. I think if Dre hadn't gotten that you know massive hit and fumbled, I think the game might turn out differently. I don't know that the Grizz win, but I think that they were ahead of schedule from you know how rebuilding and the depth. The depth's not even there this year, so it definitely wasn't there you know in 2019 and how second year, and it just snowballed. You know, confidence is a serious thing, and it's I think it's more so with with these football players today than it was, you know, the last time Hauk was here. And so I think that that stuff just kind of snowballed. I think that, you know, this team going through some adversity, you know, winning a playoff game in 2019, going on the road and being damn close to Weber, even though poor Dalton Snead ended his career throwing, you know, 13 interceptions or whatever it was. Um, I think in one game, it was 14 in one game. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, I, I think they'll be more prepared. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they react and handle it. I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's, I mean, you're always excited for this game, but this particular one feels just different. You know, it feels like one that's just. It feels real unknown, right? Yeah. It's like you're going into yeah. it and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, the cats are playing for a top two seed. The Grizz mm-hmm. are playing probably to earn a seed in the playoffs. Um, and it's like, where, you know, where's this going to go? And, uh, you know, I, I think we all say well, that's what we want the Cackers game to be. So I think it's see. just, it, it is unknown. And it's, even if you're, I mean, it doesn't matter what these records are going into this game. You don't want to get too high because of how brutal that letdown is when you lose this game, regardless of if the Cats came in, oh, and whatever, the Grizz came in, this game, oh, and whatever. You could have all the confidence in the world that you have the better team and all the confidence in the world that this game is going to go your way. And to lose this game is just so brutal uh, for the whole year. I mean, it's just it's something that you can't really put into words how depressing it is when you lose this game. You can't get too high. And so, I mean, if this game was right after Eastern, I'd probably be really high right now in terms of going into this game. I would be probably the most confident I've ever been going into a Cactus game. Uh, shit, in my lifetime, probably. Uh but as the week goes on, you start remembering how depressing it is when you lose and how big of a gut punch that is when you lose. And we haven't had to do it in five years now, um, four games, five years. Uh, and it, that, that it's just hard to really get confident for this game because you don't, you have to guard yourself from the, the, the absolute mental toll it takes on you when you lose this game. Have you guys had to do the podcast after a loss yet or did you we haven't yet no there's no. something we have in common i haven't lived oh, here in chicago since yeah it's been a while yeah, so it's, it's been a while let me tell you guys it's actually the podcast after the games have been when we start to recover frankly Cathartic. it's like therapy you start talking about it and what Great went time. wrong and at least we still have the playoffs the last two years so. yeah <laughs> it's just it's such a scary game it's just emotions well, and being favored is different too. It's you know, it's just when you're the you guys, underdog. Yeah, you guys haven't been favored since 2012, I don't think. Wow, no. I didn't, I didn't yeah. look that up or think about that. That's crazy. It was an away game too. I was just, is, I, I, yeah. I assume, I assume you're favored in 2012 because that was like we were by seven and a half. Yeah, that was like, I, yeah, yeah. we got a yeah. beautiful gambling mind parlay. <laughs> I think that's the last Cactus game I was at 2012. Really? Was that that was no? It was really cold. No, you you might have been thinking of 2010. It was and black and orange. It yeah. wasn't snowing, but it was... 10, really, was, it was, 10 was the insane one, yeah. 10 was oh. the black and orange. 
12 was pretty chilly. Denarius, right? 12 was yeah. very cold. It just wasn't snowing yet. Yeah, 10 was the windy, hit, real the windy Halloween. too. Heavy yeah. breeze. Yeah. I was at yeah. 2012. That's where it was. Yeah. Yeah. Who were you rooting for at that point? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why, why not? What would that be? I, I'm, I'm just asking the question, Stormy. I'm just asking the question. <laughs> I mean, I, it, if if you want to get into that, yes, I grew up a Grizz fan. It's, oh no, I didn't. I didn't know that actually. I've, I've, this, I've been done. How did I miss that? <laughs> we had Andrew Schmidt on our pod last night, and yeah, he, he grew up. He grew up, he grew up, up a, a his dad coached for the Cats, and so we were kind of asking, "It's like, what was that like?" And he was actually on his unofficial visit um, at a Cat Grizz game with the Cats, and yeah. You know, he told an interesting story because when the coach got arrested for buying drugs on the way to recruiting trip or selling drugs or whatever it was, he was Uh, on the way to see Andrew Schmidt play Ryan (laughs) Bagley. On his way to do what with Andrew Schmidt? That's the question. (laughs) (laughs) You're just asking some issues here. here. You're just asking the question. Are you going to vacate another two Cat Grizz games from that? (laughs) (laughs) I was there. They happened. That's such a. Especially with all this national letter and our national name engine, like no. that's Wikipedia says cookies. it was vacated by U of M. I cookies have no and hot dogs. of that game. Nothing cookies and hot dogs. Cookies. Yeah. I was there. Grind. I can I, was, I can recap the whole game for you. If you yeah, I was there too. <laughs> I mean, you were there, but it's nothing. You guys, anything, uh, anything, <laughs> anybody wants of to, yeah, anything anybody wants to wrap up on. Um, this has been fun. We should make this a broad week great. kind of tradition because I, yeah. I actually think that this has been enjoyable. Can I add something super stupid and cheesy now? Um, Go maybe. 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 This <laughs> no, rivalry is anyway. This rivalry has anyway. got well, the fascinating thing for me, I don't know about you guys with this rivalry, is like this is so cheesy, but it's like getting getting to know like other guys from like Montana, like MSU cat fans and like you guys through the podcast network, like it's actually taken some of the bite of this rivalry off me like i don't want the grizz to lose but it's like growing up I, and especially when i was uh an undergrad at the university of montana in the 90s and early 2000s it was just like i hate bozeman and i hate cat fans and blah 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 and i hate everybody from that side of the state it's like you guys are like pretty good dudes 51 weeks out of the year <laughs> nate maybe like 48 weeks out oh, of the year for you oh, so, <laughs> so it's just like uh, just i have stopping you. i have thoroughly enjoyed being part of this podcast network. Mike is like, yeah, shut the, enjoyed, shut the hell up. I sound like, I sound like Bobby Howe leading into the 2019 game where I'm like, we take this rivalry too seriously. No, I still take it very seriously, but it's been, uh, it's been fun getting to know you guys and like have these conversations. This is a great well, time. What I so, would say fuck is you, I've, Mike. Been, yeah. I've enjoyed left. I would cheers, but I drank a yeah. light beer. Right? Yeah. I drank I've enjoyed being, um, I've enjoyed being part of the podcast network because it's made me, and this isn't true just for the cats, but I pay more attention to the teams because I know you guys are paying yeah. attention, you know? So it's like, it's kind of yeah. like, you know, we learn more about it, but that being said, I mean, knowing who Nate is has made me want to beat the cats more. No. So, <laughs> it's, just, it's a weird effect I have on people uh, when it comes to these kind of things where the hatred grows to a bigger level. Uh, oh, God. It's an I can't get rid of, but it's one I have to. Hey, we got your business photo now, dude. So. Yeah. <laughs> You look at that. That's that was that was free shaving the head too. If only we could bring Scotty Mint into the pod network. Uh, but no, I, I, it's been it's been it's fun. I, I definitely think about more what I'm going to put on Twitter and what I'm going to tweet because I know I'm just going to get a text from Mike calling me an idiot. Uh, now that Brent knows me, I'm gonna. I have too many Grizz fans now that'll call my call my bullshit tweets out. So it has given me 
pause to think before I tweet, which See, is now, something that uh, Nate, I will I will end I will end this with a compliment to you because I think of everybody in the whole network, you have become you've gone the farthest from being just the Homer fan to being like the educated person of the there we go. of the conference. Like I think you there are so much more reasonable than you used to be. I'm like a this walking just I've, I've raised your hatred for the cats more <laughs> yet you're still complimenting me. It's a very weird place to be in personally. I yeah. want to get complimented and just you know degraded at the same time, but I'll take both of them. Welcome to the rivalry. So <laughs> fast, fast story. Uh before uh I do feel like Mike, there was a realtor conference we we're driving back from before the inception of the GFP where I do believe you asked me to drive your car so you could, uh, we could listen to Montana Mint Sports and you could tag Hot Take Nate with all his bad opinions. We got to drive my car. <laughs> because I, like, the, I discovered the Montana Mint podcast because Luke was a guest on it. Yeah, and then right. I was like, well, who the hell are these guys? And, and, and Bear Tycoon, who I really love too, was like, oh man, you are not a you're not a dedicated enough Chris fan to be the voice of this. And so I would just, and I told Luke I was going to do it the first day, and I would just live tweet the whole damn tweet pod. The guy. And the two of you must have thought, like, oh, my God, who is this guy? But I really I was like, hey, it. we have a listener. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, was was that the shortest I, story in Grizz fan pod history? Yes. <laughs> I love – Yeah, they're after the love fest. <laughs> I love it. I love fully that you uh, you put in our comment box that you don't think you've ever been confident going into Cacris because that's how I feel. Like the the times you're yeah. confident are the times you're like set up for failure. Yeah, I was confident in nineteen. Oh, that's that one has to that one. That's what I'm scared of. I honestly am scared of being confident and then getting our asses handed to us like that. Like that would be crushing. Yeah, it wasn't fun. <laughs> I I don't see our defense allowing that to happen. I mean, I I could the turnovers turnovers and special teams can make anything hap, crazy happen, but I don't see us giving up that many points on defense. I don't think I saw it last year either, though. You know, yeah. holy. kind of a parting thought for me is. I think in the rivalry, there needs to be balance. Like Montana State's been on the upper hand for four years in a row, maybe hopefully five years in a row, but the the streak, that can't happen again. I think now, too, that uh, Montana State has upped its game in in an equal footing as far as football goes with the Grizzlies. That uh, going back and forth right now, it's it's not detrimental to either program. It's not going to – like it did like when we went to school in 2005, like sway kids, like, hey, now we're going to Montana State because Travis Lule won us a game. And now, like you saw, attendance just skyrocket after that, right? I don't think that's uh, – I don't know if that's going to happen as much anymore. So, you know, if the Grizzlies win, like for once in my life, I feel like, okay, all right, whatever. You know, good for them, you know. Don't we'll, start we'll get, we'll, them. Yeah, whatever. But, you know, <laughs> we'll get back. We'll, we'll get it back. <laughs> but uh, I hate the – I hate the streakiness, you know, I mean, obviously if, if we're going to be on the streak, you want to be on the right side of the streak, but I don't you know, know. So let's, Joe, let's Glenn, get five. Joe Glenn said something similar. Um, when uh, you, the cats beat the, beat the Grizz and ended the streak the year after they just won the national championship. He said, well, you know, 16 in a row, it's actually not good for the rivalry. I've never forgiven Joe Glenn for that. So <laughs> That many is not too good. It's not good. No. 
Those are brutal years. Yeah. But look what's happened since. So I'm just saying like fully, I mean, knock on wood and throw some salt because, you know, when most of us were going to school, these roles were reversed in a whole lot of ways. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Shit changes. That's nine to nine if you're counting 11 since the streak was ended. I'm not. We're not. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody is. If actually you're not allowed to, but. So know. it's nine and eight, but it's nine and eight. Cats, that's awesome. Yeah, right. it's much healthier, though. It's a lot, it's more, a lot more fun. It's great yeah. when we're both great. I mean, are we going to have another pod if uh, pre playoff game? Cat I mean, playoff game? This was hard enough to schedule. Dial it back. Oh my god! Can we do it at midnight or some? Yeah, you want to talk about one. stress? I will stay like, up till three a.m. talking about a cat. Me too. I'm if the cats and the Grizz ended up in the, the playoffs, holy I don't want to talk. Crap. Make, oh my god! That'll make me yes. throw up like right now. Yeah. I don't think I can handle. I'm it. not going to sleep anyway, so might as well. Foley just talk. passed out. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh man. So what's everybody's? So what's everybody's? We I know people don't make predictions, but you have to make one here. I want to hear the points and the prediction going into this game. Seventeen ten, Grizz. Twenty thirteen, Cats. I don't do that here. All right, it's the R and R guys don't do it. I'm They're going, afraid. They're afraid. But that's okay because we're I'm out number four to two. I'm going seventeen thirteen cats, and it's going to be one that is going to be so anxiety inducing in that fourth <laughs> quarter that we're going to remember it. And I hope we're. I mean, we're going to come out on the right side of it, but it's going to be one where we're going. Uh, Parlay and I are actually going to be together in Chicago watching this game. A little side note. Uh, so when that fourth quarter hits, uh, it'll be interesting to see how many. They won't be able to see the screen. Yeah, we'll see how many beers go down the hatch uh, in that fourth (laughs) quarter when it's a four-point game. It's rough. I think the Grizz are going to pull it out because, you know, I host the Grizz Fan Podcast, and I've been reminded of that. (laughs) (laughs) This is how they – you were saying this is how they prove it, right? Yes, exactly. But now they're going to prove it this Now they need to – yeah, they can prove it to me by winning. So prove it. (laughs) Awesome. I heard heard that excerpt. Thorny Foley, why don't you – Tell everybody who maybe isn't listening on your feed how they find you, and then we'll do it for Parlay and Nate and Britt and I as well. I want Foley to do it because I do it every single episode. I want to see if he's memorized it. I he's can't do it, head. man. There's no way. We all follow the intros. You got the intros. <laughs> we are the R and R Catcast because we're both named Ryan. Super, super clever name. RR Catcast on Twitter, rrcatcast.com, rrcatcast at gmail.com. I am. Uh, what is my handle? Celtic Moose 33. See, that's what yeah. happens. People forget. Yeah, you're your pulling handle. a I Nate here. On, I always get shit on for it, but it's very hard to remember your handle. <laughs> uh, oh, I'll, uh, oh, so, you're, uh, you're, what's your handle? Foley, what's your handle? Foley, what's your handle? <laughs> I'm rarely on Twitter anymore, so I, I, I don't even don't put know, out anything. So, yeah. What's your MySpace, Foley? MySpace, yeah. When Foley <laughs> drops into the Big Sky Podcast chat, you know it's an honor because he definitely just tolerates our nonsense. He does not <laughs> How he gets participate as he doesn't. Pay. Nine times out of ten, it's like, hey, catch me up. What the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of scrolling. 
Yeah. Or he'll come uh, in and just say upset of the week, Southern Utah over Weber State. <laughs> oh, close. Very close. Come on. Now. Almost had it. Super close. Almost had it. I was feeling confident on that one. I really was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you saw what they did against the Grizz, so I could see where you'd get that confidence. <laughs> yes. yep. yeah. Fair. Fair. Nate. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a part of the Montana Mint Sports uh, Network and the Montana Mint Sports Pod with Bear Tycoon. I am looking at my handle right now so I can remember it. It's at Mint's Hot Take Nate, but the Nate is an N and an eight. So that'll be really easy for everybody to remember out there. Um, you know, I'm very sure MySpace of you. Very MySpace of me. Um, but, uh, yeah, we do a weekly pod with Bear Tycoon. It's really fun. Uh, and it's the Montana Mint Sports Podcast. Yeah. Montana Parlay. I am across all social media at Montana Parlay. And I make my picks on Twitter because the cowardly books don't post their lines until Saturday morning. So it took away my whole segment this year. But I'm going to try to figure something out for next fall. And because I miss it, I miss you guys, Nate and Bear Tycoon, who's going to sleep early tonight um so at montana parlay i look forward to joining the pod next year in some sort of fashion and bringing back the big sky big big takes but as we all know we're adults some of you guys even have families i don't know what that's like but uh it's tough to get these schedules together man but it's a lot of fun when we do i agree um i'm obviously mike nugent with the grizz fan pod um, we're happy to be part of the Big Sky Podcast Network. We got our start with Montana Mint guys and happy to be part of that. You can find us at GrizzFanPod on Twitter. Um, that's all we do. We don't have a Facebook page. We don't have anything else but that at GrizzFanPod. Um, I'm at Mike M. Nugent, although if you want to follow for just Grizz content, just follow the GrizzFanPod. <laughs> Are we getting some Missoula City Council takes coming up pretty soon? I was going to say, I got some other things going on in my life. So, you know, there's all that. And I will say, cool thing about um, the the pod that Nate's on and Parlay contributes to is that you have a cat and a grizz every week. So, um, you know, uh, I think that's a lot of fun. Brent, tell them how to find you because we all know you're a social media whore. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. So you can find me on Tinder at – no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can find me on – Speaking of families. <laughs> so you find in divorce court. She, my wife's asleep. She doesn't listen to this pod, so we're good. Um, <laughs> that's a terrible joke. Uh, no, at B. Wahlberg. See, I, I go with something I can easily remember. Um, yeah, and uh, – I, I don't know, Akron's fan pod, everything else. And so, and just like Mike, uh, I am mostly sports, but if you are not a Green Bay Packers fan, you probably don't want to follow me on most Sundays. Uh, but, you know, uh, partly when comes in handy, we've gotten your bears plenty of times recently. So it's, it's made for good fun. But uh, yeah, I'm super entertaining if you want to watch a complete fan meltdown when my pro sports teams are playing. So at B. Wahlberg, that's where you'll find me. Awesome. All right, guys, this was a blast. We should do it again. Um, and I'd encourage, you know, everybody listening to, uh, you know, listen to some of the other pods if you want to learn something about the other teams and, uh, you know, enjoy what uh, we're all doing out there in the Big Sky Podcast Network because I think there's a lot of people having a lot of good good content. Outside of that, let's just have a great game. You can say go whoever you want, and uh, hopefully nobody gets hurt on Saturday.